welcome along. We're up to episode 20 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Very well, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a really enjoyable weekend watching some great Thai football. It's been very entertaining. It was indeed. There was the big match at the, the summit of T1, Port against Bangkok United. Shall we hear what they've got to talk about, the lads? Yeah, so we've got both sides of the story. We like a bit of balance on this podcast, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we, none of us like Buriram. No comment. <laughs> so we're going to start with Jim Clark, and he's going to start off by telling us about the Port-Bangkok United game, and then we kind of chatted a little bit more in general terms about what's going on at the Pat Stadium and what his hopes are for the rest of the season. Hello, Jim, and welcome along. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. And you? Excellent, excellent. Thank you. And you've come on to talk about the big game, top of the table clash, Port against Bangkok United. So I just really want to get your thoughts. What were your expectations going into the game? Well, at the start of last week, I said that I didn't expect us to win either game, and we didn't. Look, on Wednesday against Buriram, we, we did okay. And then uh, the weekend fixture was a bit of a disaster, really. It, was a, it wasn't that just that we lost, it was that we were, were particularly poor was the overall impression I had of it. We we were well beaten. Watching on TV, which which I was, it seemed a bit low-key. It didn't seem to live up to its billing, really. Well, I mean, I think partly it's a derby that isn't a derby. I, you know, I, I don't want to come across as... As, yeah, I, I think it, I'm not sure if it's their biggest derby, but they certainly we don't view it as you know. There's only one derby for us. There's only one game in Bangkok that matters. We we, we want to beat them. Obviously, they're they're a top. Yeah, they're an upper echelons of the league team, and we want to beat them. And and it is a local game, so we do want to win it. But it's not quite like that. I mean, it has been blood and thunder in the last few years, but that's more that the two teams have clashed rather than any sense of occasion towards it. And that that wasn't really there this year. It never. It, it, there was a when, after they scored. There was a few moments where the crowd were a little bit belligerent but it never really got going in in that way the way that it does in some games and it has in the past they they scored early and then they sat back and they and, and they defended their league league which is absolutely their, their their right to do and you never felt that the goal was coming before it was the game never sparked itself to become an event so uh, yeah i'd agree it was an annoying niggly game they they they, they wasted a lot of time that started very early and, and and again that is completely their right the referees got to step in and and do something about that and he never did and and they played and they they came with a tactic and played it and pulled it off. I think they call it game management, don't they? Their, their, their keeper was, was particularly um, professional at that, um, much to the annoyance of the Port crowd. But the referee should have booked him. He started time wasting after 20 minutes, but he got away with it. Until the referee stops him doing it, there's nothing that we that we can do about it. And it's very annoying when you're on the receiving of it, end of it. Equally, with those games, with the two games we've had this week, what you need to do sometimes is think, much as this is annoying, reverse the situation with these controversial things. And I think, you know, if we'd gone 1-0 up in either of the games last week after six minutes and then sat back and used the tactics as they did and held on for a win, we would have been very happy to do that. So we can't really get angry at them for doing that. Yeah, we had... We had a go at breaking them down and, and, and we created more pressure in the first half and um, we had some goal mouth scrambles. We didn't really do anything. And then the, the second half was, we were very blunt. There wasn't a lot going on for us in the second half. Put that entirely down to Bangkok United's tactics because obviously you've, you've been free scoring this season. It's You know, the goals have been flying in. As you've said, it just didn't happen on Saturday. Was Do you think there was something lacking in from your side as well? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we've fallen away a little bit in the last in the last few weeks. You know, it, it's not been as good. You know, we, we're still I've very much felt that 
something like this has been coming and, and obviously the Sukhothai result was 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 not great. The um I something in it. I mean our, our XG for Saturday was the lowest it's been all season. We we put up one point one eight XG on, on, on Saturday against uh, against BU and, and again part a lot of that is credit to how they played. Uh, our second lowest XG of the season was away at Sukhothai. And Sukhothai I, I watched them play on Sunday and, and they they are very good but they are also uh, uh, yeah, they're they're going to finish in the lower half, I think. And there's just something's not quite clicking at the moment for Port. We struggle sometimes to be a team. We're tactically naive, and we're always tactically naive. You look at teams like BU, and and they have a tactical identity. They work a little harder sometimes. There's just something not quite working at Port that never quite goes right. Where do you go from here? What about the rest of the season? Part of the reason we did so well is, is, is that we had a very soft opening run of fixtures, and we've got a horrible run coming up now. We go Chiang Rai away, home to. BG, then we have Chomburi away and then Buriam at home and then we finish the half first leg with an away trip to Ratchaburi. So it's a horrible run of, of, of games to come now and we've got to dig in and get a result from somewhere. We've got the uh, we've got the League Cup game against Bangkok FC in the middle of that as well, which now is realistically the only thing that we can win this season. I don't know, yeah, I never thought we'd win the league and it's getting further. It's become more and more and more unlikely with the recent results. So we, we've got to dig in. The, the coaching team we've got have got to try and find a spark to get it going. They've got this incredibly soft centre at the back. We've not kept a clean sheet this season and we've not looked like keeping a clean sheet. You, you, you think even if we had got a goal that we probably would have found it or we would have found a way to concede again on the weekend. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure what, what we do really. It'd be interesting to watch. Like you said, the, the much tougher games coming up. So how, how you adapt to that and how you play and what results you get in those games, I think it'll give us a bit of an indicator to how the rest of the season will pan out. Absolutely. And then there's a mid-season break come in and uh, a transfer window there and, and Pang may go out and spend some money which can work and it cannot work we, we've spent money in the past with varying levels of success it does seem to be a bit of a haphazard way of signing players that Port have got this is something that always crops up you know a lot of clubs seem to have a, an idea of the kind of players they want to sign and the kind of way they want to play but Port just go out and buy players left right and centre and don't all then they don't always get a game I mean Charlie Clough's a prime example of that isn't he exactly you know, he He's, he's the right kind of player. We need an, yeah, we do need that enforcer at the back, especially as we lost Goddard. We possibly could have done with with a signing of, of, of a, you know, a, a big, strong uh, leader at the back anyway. And we've gone out and signed him. But the problem is now is that he pl- he played the first game of the season and he's been out and he, he's come back in after a long break. But he hasn't had game time. So even if we decide to bring him back in, he's he's off the pace and and it's very hard to just drop back in and, and from minute one be at one hundred percent. And so we don't really have the time now. To to, to give him the time to get up to speed, so that yeah, that hasn't worked. That has that's not worked out really as you'd hope. And I'm not really sure how we dig how we dig ourselves out of that situation. You mentioned Dollar there. What were the reasons behind him leaving? That that surprised me. He seemed to be like you know a mainstay and kind of player that you build a team around. Really, he got what Port's about. He really got the the club. He got the fans. He was involved in the community. He did lots of stuff with fans and helped them out as, as a lot of the guys do because yeah, it's an area which, which has problems and and they, and and they help help out and, and and he really got it he, you know it's it, it, it was she should, more than anyone else you know should have found the money to keep him whatever the money was you know unless he was asking for something absolutely stupid he, he should still be in a port shirt and you, you mentioned the fans there and obviously every time we chat about port the fans come up one thing that was noticeable on Saturday was the attendance and again this was a topic of discussion on Twitter the consensus seemed to be that it was quite disappointing I mean we were expecting 
and you know a full stadium place was be rocking I mean what, what do you think the reasons for that were uh, I mean it was 5,000 I, I thought it was actually about I didn't think it was any emptier than I expected to be honest I, I, I expected that crowd it looked empty at points in the way that it always does in that um, the drift in, I mean the drift in at the start of the first half it's never very you know it, it takes 10-15 minutes to fill up and then it rained a lot of people disappeared and then you have the, the around half time in and out but when it was at its busiest it was it was quite full I mean at the moment they don't they don't count the um, under 15 Zicky I don't know if that I mean they don't pace it and I don't know I, I presume they're not counted but I didn't I, I personally didn't expect a full house so I, I, I wasn't concerned by that you know in terms of the league growing fans getting massive support that, that's going to take a little more time than, than it is so I, I you know I not that wasn't a concern for me again you've just mentioned the save the tie league uh, hashtag I suppose we've got to call it the top four or five if they can keep it quite close going into the final running we could see crowds in, increase couldn't we I agree that the potential is there but I think it's the opposite I think the top two are going to go away and will be considerable distance away from the rest and then you will have a, a little group who will be fine will be safe and will possibly have a little battle for for third place if there's anything in that but if you then look at it below fifth everybody's very very close all the way down the table and I think so I, th- I, th- I think we could see a really great relegation battle where you could have basically lots of teams involved in that and, and that will be interesting hopefully people come along and, watch, and are supporting their team's battle to stay up let's hope so thanks so much Jim uh, it's been great getting you on at last Thank I'm you. a big admirer of your work on Twitter <laughs> as you know we've already mentioned it on this podcast a couple of times so keep it up always causes um, debate which is great for the game I think so brilliant thank you so much and best of luck for the rest of the season mate and thank you too I mean having won our website for a little while when it was up and running I can appreciate how much work goes into putting out even a little bit of content so for you to put out a show every week of the length that you do I I, I understand that you must be putting in a real shift so thank you again for that thanks for that because you know it's something different and um, I think a lot of people do appreciate it so thank you great thanks I mean we, we couldn't do it without all the contributors and I think the reaction we've had has been fantastic and it's it's lovely to get so many different people involved and it makes it a lot easier for us so thank you yeah good stuff Jim I was pulled up during the week I mentioned that I thought the gate was poor as well Marco has pointed out to me that there was 193,000 people watched on YouTube and as he quite rightly said the clubs before the season pushed the TV deal so maybe you can't have it both ways but what it emphasised to me is that the reason why no Bangkok club will ever match Buriram if you can't sell that game out I think it was disappointing I mean obviously we we touched on this in in our chat I think the the party line coming from the port fans is that's what they were expecting but I think for the rest of us this is the kind of game where you should really be filling the stadium. So I, I don't think the weather was an excuse, was it really? No, not at all. I mean, Craig, if you're not going to go to a game if it rains in Thailand, you might half a season out. Anyway, we're going to listen now to what Matt had to say. And again, he, he starts off talking about the, the match on Saturday. And then we go off and chat about, obviously, the AFC Champions League campaign and what his expectations are for the rest of the season. And he does make a very bold prediction, which you'll hear in this chat now. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. It's lovely to have you on. Thank you, Dale. It's lovely to be here. First things first, just wanted to say big hats off to you and to Rob for the, the podcast. I think it's fantastic. Really, really enjoying it. Really enjoying being a part of it, but mostly really enjoying waking up Wednesday mornings for something to listen to. So uh, so credit to you guys on that. It gets me thinking a little bit and it, it gives me some purpose and it also makes me go to more games. So uh, thank you to you for that, I guess, as well. So you're, you're putting the pressure on me to do more games, which I like. That's good to hear. 
Yeah, thank you. And I suppose at the moment, it's not that much of a chore, is it, going to watch Bangkok United? No, it certainly isn't. <laughs> even even going to Tamasat these days is quite a pleasure, to be totally honest. <laughs> um, not that I've been huge amounts of time to the home games this season, but you know, it's it's an absolute delight at the moment to go and watch us play football. I think everything we are doing is is great. We're playing football in the right direction. Um, we're really well managed. We're, we've we've cleaned up a lot of back room. We've cleaned up a lot of salaries. We've cleaned up a lot of our play, our perhaps aggression towards referees. I, th- I think we're playing some fantastic football this season. And you've been reaping the rewards as well. Top of the league, looking certs to qualify for the knockout stages of the AFC Champions League as well. So it's it's all good, isn't it? It's really, really good. I think, yeah, I mean, I think if we can knock over Kitchi again on Wednesday, I think we're pretty much there, um, which will be great because then we go to the Lion City game uh, at home as well. So two home games against the two probably weaker sides in the group, although both caused us problems to certain points. But if we can knock over those two, uh, we go away to Korea on the last game to Gion Book, uh, not needing anything. To be totally honest, we could send a second side up there and have it and give the players a rest. So I'm hoping we get the job done uh, Wednesday, and then uh, in a couple of weeks' time, the the Lion City game, and then yeah, we'd be good to to move through to the next to the next round. And on the domestic front as well, things couldn't be better, could they? And coming up straight off the back of win on Saturday, um, so what what were your thoughts on the weekend? <laughs> I, I've, I've never been this confident, Dale, ever, to be honest. I'm always one of those people that, oh, we're taking a draw and everything else. But, you know, when we went to port on Saturday. I took uh, nine or ten friends with me, trying to convert them into the BUFC way of thinking. And I, I went into that game thinking nothing but a win here will do. I felt confident. I didn't I hadn't seen much of port this season, so I kind of, you know wasn't too sure what we were playing against and but you could you know had to respect them they're top of the league they've not played anyone fantastic really yet they've had a couple of fairly decent games but you know they were still doing things right so but I, I felt we had enough quality to to knock them over and I thought during the game I thought we looked deserving winners um I was quite surprised actually at not how poor Port were but they the, being a top of the table clash they didn't seem to really bring enough quality to it it was very niggly that first half uh lots and lots of fouls we had I think we had two carried off in the first half it was, it was a feisty first half of football, but once the goal went in, I couldn't see us losing. It did seem very low-key. I mean, I was only watching on television, but there didn't seem to be the the kind of hostile atmosphere that I was expecting. And certainly, as you've just said, the, the Port team didn't really seem to rise to the occasion. Now, whether that was the way you played, whether you nullified that or not, I don't know. Maybe we should give you credit for that. I think you're right. I think we did to a point. I think we nullified it a lot. I mean, you know, they they had very, very little in the way of chances the whole game. Um, I don't recall our keeper having to make a serious save, a couple of catches and that, but nothing super serious. But I think, yeah, defensively-wise, we've set up so well this season. We've remained so consistent, flat back four, um, that works super, super hard for each other. And once that goal went in, we we went back to a five at the back. And, and I, I think, yeah, I mean, partly credit to us. But, yeah, really, I was very surprised that Port didn't, try to put more on us and I think they were also mindful that we were trying to absorb pressure and then break away for a second goal and that's exactly what happened it took us to the 91st or 92nd minute to do that but there was a several times during the game where we had some super clear chances to go two up what was the atmosphere like in the away end it looked like quite a decent following you had 
I love the away guys. It's the same set. Of, and I've, I've done, I've been fortunate enough to do probably more ways this season than homes. Um, and I've been to Singapore and I went to Hong Kong as well. And you see the same faces and we're a small away group, but they make a lot of noise and they are very, very passionate. And I would say genuinely, it felt like there were as many in the Port Stadium as there were sometimes at Tamasat on a Wednesday night when it's raining. So they really, really brought the noise. It was a fantastic atmosphere. And I genuinely think that these fans get the players over the line a lot of the time as well. They, they deserve some massive respect and is the belief there now are your own fans starting to take you seriously and your, your title challenge talking to a, a few of the fans I, you know there, there is a belief there now i'm touching wood and i'm doing everything not to curse it this season feels very different this season feels like we have 11 players that are fully committed that they're not playing for themselves they're playing as a team we've got some absolute workhorses in that side and the only thing really that can undo us now would be injuries we've got quite a small squad and obviously we lost titty pan the other week and we've now lost ping tosawat as well so our center of midfield's kind of been a little bit torn apart but each time other players have come in girardi's come in uh, wissa at amura came in we've looked good we've looked solid and these are these these guys are looking like they can stand up and bring something to the table i think and i you know we always said about a small squad and getting tested but it feels like I say it feels like you know, top to bottom, these players are all playing for each other, which is something we've probably not had before. To answer your question, Dale, the belief is 100% there at the moment. I feel we can go all the way. I think the ACL will be tough. I think we get through the group stages and then that will become tougher and tougher as we get further on. Um, but the momentum's with us. And like I say, we, you know, we've not lost this season and, and long may that continue. Winning's a good habit to get into, isn't it? And it breeds breeds confidence. It, yeah. And winning, you know, winning ugly is good. I looked at the fixtures the other day. And we, we, we've, we've knocked over a lot of the big teams. So we've still got effectively some of the weaker teams still to play. Although historically, that's sometimes where we do slip and slide a little bit is against the weaker teams. But like I say, this season just feels different. I think uh, Tochuan, the, the manager, has kind of, he, he's knocked discipline in. And like I say, he's knocked, he, I can't knock him for effort and the players for effort. Um, I think we've got some really, really wonderful players now. And I think when we look back at some of the players we did, have that were kind of a little bit more showcase players. We've now got people that are willing to run and tackle and really, really kind of sweat for the team. And I love that. I've got to ask you about the the stadium situation because this is something that always comes up with Bangkok United. They're quite isolated, aren't they, up there at Tamasat and they deserve bigger crowds. Ideally, what would you like to see happen with, with the ground and the the location it's, it's such a difficult one because you know it, money no object obviously you you know you build a new stadium you build it somewhere in town um and you give the city a you know another club basically much more central but i think that's that's a really really difficult thing to do in a short period of time and there is nothing really in the city that we can jump to or move into in in any way at all and you know that that stadium is it's a great stadium when you look at it from the outside when you get inside it's just awful you know that it, it's a it's another running track stadium it, it's cold in 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 its personality it's it's a million miles away I, I don't know Dale to be honest what the answer is but you know from a personal perspective yes I'd love to see something uh, on the BTS line I, I just don't know what I don't know what happens next right now to be totally honest it is a real challenge to fill that stadium it's a real challenge to even get it a quarter full to be totally honest and as I said you know look at the Port Stadium and I just there's a little bit of envy basically there it took me seven minutes from my house to 
jump on a bike and be there on Saturday. And, and it was lovely. You know, it was really, really nice. And either there's a, a pang of jealousy there. Stadium sharing with someone, I would genuinely be open to that. I'm sure the other clubs wouldn't be, but I don't see what happens next. I don't know what happens next. There was rumours a couple of years ago that they were looking for a site and a location, I think down towards Bang Way, somewhere around there, but nothing seems to have moved forward on that. I think just money-wise, it's just a very, very expensive outlay for a club that doesn't have the fan base perhaps yet to do it. And I think what we, what we need to do is start playing really, really well, grow our fan base within side Tamasat to the point where we have a big enough fan base that we can justify a move, I guess. Do, do the club actually engage with the, the locals in Tamasat? The sponsors do. The club, to a point, does, yeah. I mean, to be honest, most of the engagement is obviously in Thai, so it kind of goes over my head. I, I stopped doing Google Translate a while ago to try and make out what the, what they were saying. But, there's, you know, there's a lot to do around the stadium beforehand. They work hard to try and give fans something there and to, they, you know, let, let, let a lot of kids into the ground for free or on low-cost pricing. So they're really doing a lot to try and build the, the the young fan base, which I kind of admire and appreciate. But I think I think there is more that could be done, most definitely. I think there is a lot more that could be done. They could be doing advertising um, for the matches to a lot, more, lot heavier level. I know they run the bus from... Uh, Thai Japan Stadium out in Dindang. They do that. They do the bus that goes up from there for some fans that are based in the city. But I think, yeah, just some more heavier advertising perhaps and some more awareness around it could be a good thing. But the, the big hurdle is going 40 kilometers on a Wednesday night, you know, with traffic. You know, we have to leave at like half past four in the afternoon to get there for 7 p.m. to make sure that you're there on time. So that that, that that's the struggle with it, to be totally honest, Dale. And what about the, the nine people you took on Saturday? Do you think they're going to make the effort? I think I've converted a couple of them definitely. I think a couple of them, you know, enviously looked at the Port Stadium and thought I could do this again. It's nice and close. A couple of them were kind of really invested into the football. So I'm going to nurture those two or three. I've got two guys that I go with fairly regularly as well. Um, Joe and Danny, my my good pals that I go with. And uh, they they come, I, I can drag them up to Tamasat and drag them to a few away games now and again. I'll take two more out of that nine. And if I get four or five total on it as a base, I'd be happy with that. It's always nice, isn't it, to introduce new people to the game and get them get them interested in Thai football. Watching, I like watching their reactions as well. Like I say, I think it's, you know, you, you're looking at them. Are, are they comparing it to, you know, they're all Brits. So they're, are they comparing it to the Premier League? Are they comparing it to the Championship, Division One, Division Two? What are they expecting? I think most of them are just really, really happy with the atmosphere and the crowd and the level of football and the intensity. And, you know, it's very different. It's a really good experience. And that's kind of why I wanted to take the guys to the away end, because, you know, it, it's probably a better reflection of our, of our fan base than maybe the home, the home stadium is, maybe where everyone's spread out over three sides of the stadium and that and that obviously becomes a much more difficult challenge than to try and you know merge people together basically I kind of would almost actually be happier if we were playing at Tamasat and they actually closed off you know the ends for example I, I, I think it's madness that we put the away fans in a completely open area you know behind one of the goals and I kind of get it in a way but you know no away team ever brings more than maybe a thousand you know that that's a that's a that's an aggressive amount maybe maybe I'm wrong with that but they, they could easily be put in a segregated area and one of the sides and create a bit more atmosphere there. I mean, you know, you don't go to Bangkok United looking for trouble. <laughs> really, you don't. So I think there would be, a, you know, it would be good to try and bring that atmosphere in a little bit more and put the away fans in one of the sides and kind of close off the ends for everything other than just perhaps big games. I know when Police United played there, that's that's what they did. I remember going with Chambury and we were in the main stand. And the views from up there are fantastic. So maybe that that is something they should be thinking of doing. Yeah, I think I think I mean it would make it would make sense because right now you get at Tamasat a lot of Bangkok United fans spread over a whole stand. 
So even if you bring in three or 4,000 people, you know, you might have them kind of spread over two stands, but, you know, and I think that that's sometimes also where the atmosphere dilutes a little bit. And the part I love of going to football is having the away versus home chanting and cheering and uh, just sort of the, the head to head, not the aggressive side of things, but that's the, the fun side of it a little bit. And I think certainly at, at Tamasat, you lose that massively by having the away fans so, so far away from everyone else. It's not pleasant watching from that away end. I, I can tell you, you can take that from me. <laughs> open to the elements and everything it's horrible and we usually get beat there as well so it's it makes it even worse everyone does this season dale everyone does that brings us nicely to my final question which is what are your hopes and expectations now for the rest of the season you've said there's a belief there how how strong is that belief and how far do you think it's going to take you my heart and my head are saying different things my heart is saying we're going to win the league my head is still saying we've got trickier games still to come and we've got injuries there's always a cautious side of me that, that holds back a little bit but I'm I'm going to put it now in audio you can play at the end of the season we are going to win the league this year yeah big prediction Matt and you know what I still think Murray Ram will win it but they're going to have to change the coach that's the only thing that can derail you the new guy's not really working out is he it's a bit hard to tell they hardly ever play these days yeah weekend <laughs> off again so we'll, we'll see how they get on in the Champions League this week I think that'll be a massive test for them going back to Bangkok United I think you know you've got to look at the form they're the team aren't they you know as Matt pointed out they haven't lost yet they're going really well on the continental front a win this week that'll be pretty much them in the knockout stages and then the league I know we we disagree on this Rob I I think they'll win it I agree with Matt and I'll be happy to play that clip back at the end of the season well let's be honest one of our very first episodes Bangkok United turned Bury Ram over in, down at Rajin Mangala and a lot of people just said well it's only a, a meaningless friendly but they meant business and I, I think that's kind of given us some idea of, of what's played out this season hasn't it a little foretaste of uh, what we've seen since we'll we'll keep our eyes on it and see what happens on to a match that I had a particular interest in this weekend and we've got Reza up with his report on the Ratbury Chombury game which was played at the Dragon Solar Park on Sunday Tied to the podcast match reports Good evening from Dragon Solar Park. The match has ended between Rachaburi against Chonburi FC. The first half, two corners with two goals, draw 1-1. But in the second half, Rachaburi playing their best. But a stupid mistake by the defender get him a red card and it changed the game. Even though with 10 players, Rachaburi still had their chances, but... The Chonburi goalkeeper, Patrick Dato, he's playing fantastic to stop the attack from Rachaburi. But at the end, Chonburi can score the winner and the match ended 2-1 for Chonburi. After this, is the international break and Rachaburi away to Buriram. Don't know what to expect there later, but we will still keep on going cheering the Dragons. See you on the next one. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Reza. Oh, is there trouble ahead for Ratbury? His report was very fair. I mean, he, he didn't go into too much detail. I felt that up until the sending off 
they were probably just shading it. But certainly the second half, we were the better side, as you would expect with the, the man advantage. And certainly from a Chambery point of view, it's very pleasing. Our last three away matches in the league have been at Buriram, Chiang Rai United and Ratbury, which are three places we never do very well at. And we've come out of them unbeaten. Five points, a win and two draws, which I'd have been more than happy with going into that run. So just speaking about my club for a minute, I think it looks like we could we could have turned the corner. There was a few question marks against the new coach and obviously this reliance on youth and whether the new foreigners were up to it. But we've gone a few games unbeaten now. A good win in the Cup midweek against Conken United. So it'll be interesting to say I'd like to see us climb that table. It's very tight, isn't it? It certainly is a good point made by Jim earlier at the bottom it's perilously tight you don't want to be on a bad run definitely not um, anybody could get sucked into that relegation scrap normally you get a side and you say yep they're dead certs to go down and I don't think that's the case this season no not at all anyway next up We've got Phil Williams making a return to the podcast. And Phil's been doing a lot of touring around, watching his team, some up Khan City. And this is a chat we had earlier in the week where he's brought us up to date with his journey around the southeast, isn't it? Down that corner of Thailand. And he's got some tales to tell. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, Phil. It's great to have you on again. Thank you, Dale. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm surprised you've got the energy after all your recent travels. It's been a tough few weeks. Because I returned from England from an annual family visit mid-October. And since then, there have been five games. Three league games, a League Cup and an FA Cup. Where do you want to start? I want to to start by asking you about Kendall Town initially. Because whilst (laughs) you were on that that annual trip to England, you did get to visit my hometown, and to see my local side. So just very quickly, because obviously this is a Thai football podcast, what were your yeah. thoughts? Um, it was great. Whenever I go back to England, I always like to take in uh, some non-league football if possible. And uh, fortunately, we were up in Kendall, Kendall Tower at home. Yeah, it was fantastic. Lovely little ground. Um, but unfortunately, they lost. I can't even remember who it was to. I know it was 4-2, the final score. But uh, they didn't play very well. But it was a good game. Then uh, there was a, a sending off. There was some feisty tackles. There was a female linesman getting lots, a uh, lineswoman getting lots of abuse. And uh, it was a very uh, interesting evening. It's it's a great little club, very friendly, and I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, even if even if the result wasn't the right one. Fast forward into your return home. Um, you've been busy, haven't you? You've been around. I don't think you've you've had much time to settle since you've been back. Yes, very busy. So where, where have you been? We travelled to Satahip for the League Cup game against uh, Fleet FC. Last week we were in Thrat for an FA Cup tie and then nearby Chanterbury for a T3 game. T2 game, sorry. I've got, got to stand for relegation already. I believe you combined a couple of those those trips and had a few nights in Chanterbury, is that right? Yes, we combined the last two, which was Trat in the FA Cup and then Chanterbury in the league. Fleet FC, the league, the league cup game, was uh, there was a couple of weeks between uh, that one. So we came back to Samokrakan. Oh, we had a home match. We had a home match against a UTR, home league game. Very difficult to keep track. And December's even busier. December's crazy. You've got the big game coming up on the 6th. You mean the game against Chombury, of course. I do indeed. We, we, we've got three home games in six days. 
at the beginning of December. We've got a league game against China, Chombri in the League Cup, and then we've got uh, Lampang, I think it is. And then we've got a long trip to Crabby. So it's a very, very busy December. Are you, are you going to go to Krabi? We are. Yeah. You've got to go to Krabi, haven't you? It's one of the most beautiful parts of Thailand. I mean, if there's ever if there's ever a place you can combine football with a holiday, then Krabi is it. Well, from a football point of view, Krabi are bottom of the, uh, the second division and they haven't won a game this season. So if there's any chance of seeing us pick up a win on the road, then Krabi is going to be it. Th- three points and a lovely break in a, in an <laughs> idyllic setting. Perfect. Now, one of one of the trips you've just made recently was to the, as you've mentioned, was to the League Cup game at Fleet and the wonderfully named Battleship Stadium. So, what what were your impressions of of the place? Well, you've got uh, you've got two or maybe three stadiums all within that sort of naval base complex, haven't you? It's very easy to confuse them, but we did get the ground right in the end, and we did have to ask for directions. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely, homely little ground. You know, I love going to these places in, in T3 and in the Thai Amateur Leagues because you probably only get one chance in a lifetime, right, to go there. They're always friendly and welcoming and, yeah, it's always an enjoyable experience. I think that's, and that's the beauty of, of these cup competitions, isn't it? Especially the League Cup where you're guaranteed an away yeah. tie in the early rounds and it that's is right. nice to go somewhere different. So were there any any interesting features there that you, you can remember? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there was uh, the, the the one moment that, that made us laugh was uh, at the end the uh, the the guy came on the PA and he, he thanked the ninety eight people who came to the game and he said the official gate receipts today were one thousand two hundred baht and merchandise sales were two thousand baht. I thought it's not exactly Buriram, is it? <laughs> That's brilliant. It's life at the other end of the Thai football spectrum, isn't it? Although I'm slightly yeah. disappointed he he didn't come round and thank you all individually. I think that it wouldn't have, been... have taken him that long. I think Summer Prakan had about ten or twelve fans there. It was a very hard fought win on a very wet, muddy pitch. I, I thought, well, that was hard work. But when I got back to the hotel and I looked at the re- uh, the rest of the results of that round, there were a lot of T2 teams went out to T3 clubs. So I thought maybe it was just, maybe it was a good result. It was just about just, just about getting the job done. I think there's there's some good good quality sides down in T3. Oh, definitely. I'd like to see some of those T3 clubs come up, like Song Clar and one or two of the others. When, uh, is it Marco? Marco tweets from, he goes, he travels a lot in that area. And uh, the atmosphere at some of the games look, looks fantastic. No, no disrespect to Cassitsat and Customs United, but it would be nice to see some of those big T3 clubs come up. And as we keep saying on this programme, it'd be nice to have some Southern representation in the, in the upper echelons of the, the, the league system, I think. So moving on from Fleet, and I know it's one of our favourite places, and we've talked about this before, a, a trip to Chanterbury, which is always always a delight. It's a lovely province, it really is. You were a bit disappointed with the state of the, the stadium, weren't you? I was. I said in the blog, it was a sort of a combination between Udon Thani's provincial stadium, which is probably the tattiest, scrubbiest I've seen in Thai football, and Chiang Mai's away zone, which is generally regarded as one of the worst. So if you combine the two together, you've got Chanterbury Provincial Stadium. (laughs) 
that away enclosure was a death trap. It really was. You expect us to stand on that. It was just planks of wood that moved whenever you, you put your weight on them. It really was dangerous. It's a shame to see certain stadiums in that kind of state. It really was poorly maintained. It, it mm. is a pity. I, I was last at the ground, I think about six, seven years ago. And it, it, mm, was, yes, it was a non, non-match day. So I just got in and took right. a few photographs. On that day, it looked really nice. It was it was well maintained, clean. I think it'd been freshly painted, and it's so sad to see it, isn't it? That you know they'll the neglect the grounds and let them fall into this state of disrepair. It is. And I, I may be wrong about this, but didn't Chanterbury get to the playoff final last, last season? Lose against MH Nakonsuri, but they couldn't go up because their stadium was not uh, fit for T2 standard. So can you imagine what MH Nakonsuri's stadium was? <laughs> Well, if anyone's ever been, yep. please send us some photographs or come on and talk about it. I've done a Google image search before of MH Nakonsuri Stadium. It doesn't look all that bad, but maybe we're not getting the full picture. There'll be other things at play yeah. there as well. It won't just be the ground, I don't suspect. One other thing I'd like to mention is your hotel experience in Chanterbury. Yes. Which was a lovely gesture from the club. Do you, do, you want us, oh. do you want to explain how that came about? Well, it was a wonderful gesture, wasn't it? It was... The general manager uh, approached Tom, my wife, and I think he asked her if we were going back to Samuel and then coming back down to Chanterbury and coming coming back down to that southeast corner of, of Thailand, as it were. And uh, when she said, no, we're going straight from Phra to Chanterbury in a couple of days' time. And he said, oh, well, don't worry about the accommodation. We'll sort you out a room at the, uh, the team hotel. And as you say, that was a wonderful gesture and one we could hardly refuse. And when we got to the hotel on the, on the Friday afternoon, which was the day before the game, the manager was there in the hotel lobby. He sorted the room out and he told us, you know, any meals you have, any drinks, you put them on the uh, the Samukrakan tab. We didn't do that. We paid for them. You know, I suppose that uh, Kring Jai kicked in and uh, we I didn't want to milk the situation, as it were. The, the room was enough. That was okay. A lovely thing to do and a nice reward for all the efforts that you've put in following the club around it makes you it makes you feel part of the family doesn't it and they, and let's be honest whether you're a man whether you're a man city a man united supporter or a samaprakan supporter it's a fan's dream to uh be in the team hotel with the players and be able to approach them and talk to them and uh, take photos etc are, are you tempted to take your boots next time just in case he <laughs> offers you a game as well that would be great wouldn't it if i took some boots and i could have a kick about with them we were talking to the receptionist and he said the, the, the football teams really like it. This season they've already had Nongbua and Nakonsi United stay there as well as Samaprakar because there's an AstroTurf training pitch next door directly connected to the hotel. If there's ever a chance you could get to train with the team, then that would be it. That's the place to start. Yeah, well, if, if you do that, you've got to come back on and tell us all about it, Phil. I'm still not sure about staying in team hotels because I think there's a fine line between superfan and stalker. And as much as I would love to take photos of the players having breakfast because it's blog content gold, if nothing else, I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> You've got to remember these are young. At the end of the day, these they're profession, uh, professional footballers, yes, but they're still young lads together with their mates. 
And the last thing they want is some old bloke going around taking photographs of them eating shredded wheat at <laughs> seven o'clock or trying to engage them in conversation in English. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's always fascinating because I was an English teacher for many years and it still makes me laugh as some people look terrified when you try to uh, speak to them in English. And some of our players were no exception. All credit to the club, I think, for, for doing that and looking out for you. I think it's fantastic. I think that's that's probably it, mate. It's been lovely to hear about your, your travels and hopefully we'll get you back on later in the season and you can tell us about your trip to Krabby. Anyway, it's been great to chat again, Phil. So thanks very much. And like I say, you're welcome, you're welcome on any time. And especially if you do Bye. get to make your... your Sum up Pecan City debut. I want to hear all about that. Right then. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, Phil. Speak soon. Yeah, that was good. That was very good. Well well done to Sum up Pecan City, looking after Phil and Son in that way. I think that's a wonderful gesture. Good support, of, obviously, from Phil getting around. Maybe he can make his debut v Patrier on the last day of the season. Now, that would be something to see, wouldn't it? I think there's a documentary in that. But you're right, it was a lovely thing to do. It's nice, isn't it, when clubs recognise the fans and just these little tiny things make a big difference. Massive. And you could tell he appreciated it. I mean, it, it was great that he didn't want to take advantage. I don't think I would have been so humble. I think I'd have been straight in there, you know, running up a big bill at the bar and eating as much Three as I could. He's obviously not a northerner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's something else we could discuss. Birmingham, is it the North? Oh, don't. To finish today, we've got another returning guest. Bill Greaves made his debut on the show last week with his report from the Sucker Tie against Port game. And this week, he's doing a little roundup of all the clubs in T1, what his opinions of them are so far this season, and what he expects to happen to them over the course of the rest of the campaign. So this is Bill Greaves with his rundown of every club in T1. I suspect Bangkok United will end up being champions this year. They're having a good season. Port are not genuine contenders. They are perhaps top of the league, but I I don't think they're going to stay there very long. Bangkok Glass beat us. Again, a tough game, and they won. We were beaten by Buriram. That's another story to itself. I made a friend in uh, Lampoon when we went up there, and he didn't go to uh, Buriram because (laughs) he believes Thai corruption begins and ends with Buriram. When we were beaten by Buriram, we scored a goal and the referee consulted VAR and yes, it was a goal, but it could be said that uh, you are not allowed to score against Buriram. So the referee had to go back and check the goal a second time. And needless to say, the goal was disallowed. Later on, there was a foul committed on John Baggio, which did not so much justify a red card as it justified a jail sentence. But needless to say, nothing was done. Chiang Rai beat us, and that was... (laughs) The first half we played terribly and lost two goals. The second half we played well and got a goal back and came very close to drawing the game. I thought that that was a sign that we had a, a wise coach 
who could turn the game around with his halftime speech. But I was later advised that Coach Pun coached the team in the first half and Coach Lack coached them in the second half. So it was not much of a surprise when uh, Coach Pun resigned after the game. Tratt drew with us at home. I was disappointed with that. I, I thought we should have beaten Tratt, but they're having a fairly good season, and I can't complain. Uh, Utai Tani, we went down there to watch their last playoff game, and I loved every minute of Utai Tani. We had a great hotel. We found a great restaurant. When you're supporting the home team and they win, needless to say, everyone was happy. The day after the game, we found a, a great museum to check out. So I'm looking forward to going back to Utai Tani, which I think we're doing this month. Ratchaburi, I think, are having a poor season, and uh, we should have beaten them. The game we played against them was awful. Nakon Pratom, they came up. I don't think they're one of the stronger teams. I am expecting them to be among the, the usual suspects fending off relegation. We uh, have, have to play against police later on. Police, I believe, are another relegation struggler. We should be able to beat them. Kong Ken, I am biased against. I just did not enjoy my trip to Konken last season and I am quietly hoping that they do get relegated. Chonburi, like Prachuap and Ratchaburi, I think are having weak seasons and they shouldn't be among the relegation strugglers but perhaps they are. Muang Tong are down there and should they be, they had a terrible start to the season. They too are having a, a weaker season. Lampoon we beat away from home and I figured that that would be the start of a wonderful season. Uh, my predictions this year have all been worthless. So having made a friend in Lampoon, I am hoping that they will uh, escape relegation. They, have, they are sometime going to be moving into a new stadium and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Sukhothai, I think, will be at the, the bottom of the mid-table. Prachuap, Lampoon, Chonburi, Konken, Police, Nakon, Patom, Ratchaburi, Utai Tani, and Trat will be the battlers at the bottom of the table. I think that is just about all I wish to say. Thanks ever so much for that. It was a lovely, soothing voice after after Phil as well. I thought I was listening to Wish You Were Here. Some controversial opinions about Buriram. I don't think he's in a minority. Possibly not, but interesting to hear from a, a different source, not one of the usual suspects. It's good. It makes you realise that we're not going completely bonkers. If anybody would like to come on and challenge Bill's opinions on Bury Ram United, you're very welcome. You know how to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Wait one second. My phone's going. I can hear Jamie. <laughs> There's the smoke coming out of it as well. There is. He's not happy. 
Anyway, I think we'd better leave it there before we get ourselves into too much trouble. So, another great week. Fantastic. There's loads going on. And it's been nice to have someone new on the show. So, thanks to Jim for coming on. Thanks to Matt. Thanks to Reza. Thanks to Phil. And thanks to Bill. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great week. No top flight or second tier football next weekend. So, get down and support your local T3 side. And obviously, we'll be looking at the national team as well over the the coming week. If I can just plug our Facebook page, fixtures in the BGC Mung Thai Insurance Cup on Wednesday afternoon, where you could severely bolster its some attendances. And for ground uppers in Bangkok, who are desperate for entertainment, Assumption United are at home on Friday afternoon and a rare Monday afternoon match as the Thai Royal Army are at home. Great, so there's plenty to keep you busy. Get out, watch some football, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Take care wherever you are. Oh,